prison if you like titties and buns. If you like group showers and rats stealing sandwiches. If you like window snakes, then you'll love this movie. Music. That's it, right there. Wow. Wow. That was good. That was really good. Welcome to the New World Pictures Podcast, where we're going to talk about every movie released by New World Pictures. I'm Ryan. With me, as always, is Mark. There is a shockingly low number of cages in this movie. <laughs> and Erica. It's Erica Matron. Thanks a lot. So, okay. <laughs> Thanks. I'm sorry. Sorry, <laughs> Thank Matron. Thank you. I yeah. apologize, Matron. <laughs> Thank you. And that is a good way to transition to us talking about our very first movie of Prison March, where we're going to talk about all the women in prison movies released by New World Pictures, which means this month has about 12 movies in it. So we will be working <laughs> overtime. No, we, we won't be able to do all of the movies this, this month, but... We're going to do our very best because, of course, New World trafficked in women in prison movies extensively through uh, both uh, ownership uh, periods. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that excitement is clearly because we're going to be talking about 1971's Women in Cages. Women in Cages. The sensational new motion picture that rips the veil off the dirtiest racket ever conceived by the minds of vicious men. No one escapes from my prison. Women in Cages, starring Judy Brown, Pam Greer, Roberta Collins, Jennifer Gann, and many, many others. Innocent young girls held in cruel bondage, sold to the highest bidder to satisfy strange desires. You'll meet them all in Women in Cages. That's right. 1971's Women in Cages, brought to you by cigarettes. <laughs> There's no better way to enjoy a cockfight, a yard break, or just standing around without cigarettes. <laughs> Available in prisons, I guess. <laughs> <laughs>
around. I'm just going to go with smoke and a stand around. <laughs> uh, this uh, movie was directed by Jerry DeLeon, a Filipino director who had been making movies since the 1940s in the Philippines. Hmm. He was a highly acclaimed director. He'd won uh, more FAMAs, that's the Filipino Academy Awards, than anyone else working in the country. Directed one of the very first Filipino horror films with 1959's Terror is a Man, which set off a series. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, get into it, right? <laughs> <laughs> this set off a series of Blood <laughs> Island movies. <laughs> I'm sorry. Terror is a man. Yeah, they, they <laughs> finally remade it in the past year. It was called Men, right? <laughs> oh, okay. Sorry. No, they did. it's not a remake as far as I know. Oh, all right. Uh, that, they set off a series of Blood Island movies that De Leon worked on with producer-director Eddie Romero, who in turn had started working with American actor-turned-producer John Ashley, who had started making movies with Romero in the Philippines to take advantage of the lower cost, including The Beast of the Yellow Knight, which was sold to and released by New World Pictures. It was Ashley and Romero who convinced Corman to look at the Philippines. Also, I would say Sirio Santiago as well, who um, convinced Corman to look at the Philippines as a viable place to produce movies. And Ashley also supervised the production of The Big Dollhouse, which was shot at the same time, was really shot right before this one. Um, so likely they decided, since they were happy with the big dollhouse, to do yet another one, uh, going back to back. And it was likely Ashley and Romero who suggested De Leon. In fact, Ashley described De Leon in an interview I read as, quote, kind of the John Houston of the Philippine directors, end quote. And Eddie Romero had been a student of De Leon, so of course they would suggest De Leon to direct this movie. However, De Leon would not direct another movie for New World. In fact, he only directed a couple other movies before he passed away in 1981. So mm. this is the only film he did for New World Pictures. This is written by James H. Watkins and David R. Osterhout. Uh, Osterhout was known to Corman because he'd acted in uh, his films Gas and Von Richthofen and Brown. And he was also in New World's Private Duty Nurses, uh, released the same year. And then Osterhout went on to write 1976 Moving Violation. Mm. Guys, remember we talked mm -hmm. about that movie? Yep. yep. We already talked about that on You, you Don't Know Dick. And we loved it. Loved that movie. He would also then assistant direct Jonathan Demme's Caged Heat and for New World Pictures and Fighting Mad for Corman, not New World. But nearly new world. Uh, this stars Pam Greer, Judy Brown, and Roberta Collins, all of whom were in the big dollhouse because this shot right afterwards. In her autobiography, A Life in Three Acts, Pam Greer mentioned that once she finished The Big Dollhouse, she was asked to stay for women in cages. I imagine the same happened for Judy Brown and Roberta Collins, since I have A Life in Three Acts in front of me here. Uh, this is what Greer says about it. She says, my hard work paid off. She's talking about The Big, the big Dollhouse. When the dailies, the raw footage that we shot each day, came in, everyone liked my performance very much. In fact, with the success of the dailies, they were writing another movie. And I was amazed when Roger asked me, would you like to stay and do one more? So that's how we get women in cages. Pam Greer plays the even, evil prison matron Alabama, who enjoys mm -hmm. torture and dating people at work. <laughs> and, dating an employee. <laughs> dating a fellow employee. Mm -hmm. Whether or not she, she let 
HR know about this relationship? I am not sure. She uh, would also go on to more New World movies like The Big Birdcage, another women in prison film, and The Arena before moving on and starring in movies like Foxy Brown and Friday Foster. But she would return for one more New World picture, Stand Alone, in the mid-80s under the new ownership. This is, uh, by the way, I just wanted to read this bit too. Pam Greer doesn't talk a ton about this phase of her career, neither the, The Big Dollhouse and definitely not Women in Cages. But this is her memory I want to read to you guys about her time in Women in Cages. She says, In the second film, Women in Cages, I played a similar role to the first, an American mm-hmm. woman in prison in a foreign country with a sadistic female guard. Uh, um, Pam? Um. <laughs> Pam, you were the sadistic female guard. <laughs> well, so yeah. It's been a long time. It's been a mm-hmm. long time. And, mm-hmm. and frankly, Pam did wasn't even done. She did another women in prison film after this. So, I mean, it gets blurry, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, if you've done one, you've done them all. She says, for this role, my, <laughs> my wardrobe was pretty similar to what I wore in the first movie. A long t-shirt, a bra, and a pair of underpants. She wore a bra? Uh, <laughs> I beg to differ. I don't. I think you're right. She's mixed these movies up because yeah, she didn't wear yeah. a bra in any of them. No, no. She maybe was handed a bra and then and then told that she didn't need it. Uh, she goes on. They sure weren't losing any money on costumes as we headed out to the location when our raggedy ass plane came to a slow roll on top of a mesa in a mountain city called Bagiwao, we had to jump onto the ground where people stood ready to catch us if we fell. Oh my God. I didn't tell my mother I jumped out of a rolling plane because she'd have had a stroke on the way to the airport to come get me. Uh, just one was little memory there. Or was she one of the people catching her? <laughs> I, I don't know. Could be. Could be. <laughs> Wow. That would be cool. She'd come, come along. That's so dangerous. That is her very mom, dangerous. Oh my God. Yeah, I mean, her mom obviously saw her rolling out of the plane. Uh, anyway, maybe I got the timeline mixed up on that. <laughs> so she finishes the big dollhouse. She's asked to stay. Mm-hmm. They brought in different writers. W- wasn't intentional to say, remember how the big dollhouse was kind of a uh, sexy, sadistic, funny romp? Mm-hmm. And we're just going to take all that out. I mean, mm-hmm. except for the sadistic, the sadistic part, and mm-hmm. certainly a lot of the nudity. We're going to take all the fun out of it. Yeah, and we're just right. going to make this cruel and mean, mm-hmm. and just kind of an uncomfortable watch. Was that the plan? From I the don't beginning? know. Like I said, there's. I've worked so hard to try to have anything about women in cages, but there isn't a lot out there about this movie. It's all about Big Dollhouse or right. the Big Bird Cage, which followed. Or Hot Box, another New World women in prison movie. I feel like this movie, Women in Cages, that is, is always going to be inextricably linked to the big dollhouse because they're made back to back. But also Mm -hmm. because they are just, this is like the mirror world version of big dollhouse. But like the other one was kind of fun and a good time. And this one's like, this Mm -hmm. one's the dark and nihilistic version Mm -hmm. of the big dollhouse. They, they, they're they're so similar, and they and they had to have been influences on one another, or particularly Big Dollhouse had to be an influence on this. They're making them around the same time, and there's just too many things that are similar mm-hmm. for them not to have known that we were making a different version of kind of the same thing. Yeah, you know, I mean, similar. Yes, it's it, because it stars the same people. Is that I mean, what you mean? Same cast. It has same cast. It has the same like kind of general like. The highlights of it are the same, basically. No Lombinog, though. 
No Lombinog. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Could have really yeah. used a couple shots of Lombinog. <laughs> yeah. The, yeah. Because mm-hmm. that's all you really need. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Uh, this is where you can watch women in cages. It is on Plex or Pluto or I believe even YouTube, though we would prefer you to watch it on physical media if we have any say in it. And we don't. There's a, You can either get a DVD or Blu-ray from Shout Factory with a couple of other New World prison uh, women in prison movies like The Big Dollhouse and The Big Bird Cage. And that's how we watched mm-hmm. it. Is that how you watched it, Mark? That is how I watched it. Yep. That's how we watched it. Um, so check it out there. Uh, just warning then for spoilers. So if you have not seen Women in Cages, we will probably spoil a few things uh, because we have to talk about it all. We have to. Um, but just know it is. I wouldn't a... say that this movie has a lot of twists. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, while yeah. we there, there may be some spoilers, it's not like. It's not like we're giving away the big reveal. Yeah. Right? I mean, it's a yeah. women in prison movie, I mean, so it's... Torment has a big reveal. Sure. This yeah, movie sure. doesn't have that. It doesn't it, have It, a big it reveals reveal. a lot of breasts. <laughs> but I think we've already yes. given that away. Yeah, we know yeah. that. Uh, did you get an official titty tally? No, I didn't. Because I was too pissed off to count them. But it's high. It's a high <laughs> tally. But no, I did not get an official tally. I really shirked my duties on that because I was bored. (laughs) Which which I probably should have leaned harder into the tally than at that point. But I didn't. You should have. I'm just being transparent here. I didn't. Yep, that's good. Weird transparency is key. Uh, Let's get into what this movie is about. Mark, what's this movie about? Well, when we were growing up, uh, and I would ask to stay out. I'm in high school. I asked to stay out late. Dad used to always say, nothing good happens after midnight. What he should have said is what this movie's about, and that is that nothing good happens at a cockfight. Mm-hmm. Subtly mm-hmm. different, but I think more poignant. Mm-hmm. Nothing. People, mm-hmm. if you learn nothing from our podcast, just learn nothing good happens at a cockfight. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. I can die knowing I helped someone. If they just adhere to those words. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Erica, what is this movie about? Yeah, I had similar takeaways from Mark in that, you know, a free sandwich is never truly free. That <laughs> is true. Very yep. true. True. Mm-hmm. Very, so, very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. feels like a great gift at the time. Uh-huh. Yeah. But uh-huh. there's always a string attached. There's a string attached. Right. Sometimes that string. It belongs to a rat. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Who so, eats the sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and pays yep. the price. Mm-hmm. And pays the price. Yeah. yeah. You know, I watched this a few times, and at first I thought this movie was about don't immediately put all your trust into someone you're dating. Yeah. Like right off the bat. Hmm. But I also then mm-hmm. realized when I saw it later, I realized this actually is a movie that's a reminder about how much dignitaries love to visit prisons. Mm. Very know? true. They yeah. love a good prison tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that. Yeah. When you go, wonder what dignitaries do all day. Yeah. They're just touring prisons, glad-handing glad-handing with prisoners. Yeah. And prisoners are like, Yahoo, we get a second shower this week. They're excited. Right. Yeah. Everyone wins. You don't have to go work in the sugarcane field. Mm -hmm. You get Mm -hmm. to just hang out. It's like an off day. Yeah. Uh, And the dignitaries, they get, I mean, not only do they get to just shoot the breeze with the prisoners, Mm -hmm. but they also get a thorough tour of the buildings itself the buildings themselves mm-hmm. and you know i think probably a, a nice lunch at the end of it i bet i bet <laughs> maybe 
a little free sugar cane. I don't know. Maybe. I don't yeah, know. That's just something to nib on. Neither here nor there, but maybe there might be a cane in your pocket, Mr. Dignitary, <laughs> sir. Check your pocket. <laughs> is this a sugar cane in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me, <laughs> Dignitary? No, no, it's actually it's actually sugar cane. Next to your erection. <laughs> Good amount of sugar cane. Good amount of sugar cane. Also, you do have an you do definitely have an erection, but it, you also have a sugar cane in your pocket. So you have two hard items in your pants, and that's fine. I'm perfectly fine with that. I just help run a prison. Don't worry about me. I just and love you got your fresh, fresh sugar cane. <laughs> Here's what Letterbox said about oh no women in cages. Let's hear it. Carol Jeffries is a naive American woman. So oh. far. So far. On point. <laughs> on point. 100%. On point. Also, her name was Carol Jeffries. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> yep. Thanks for the tip. I never, ever gathered that. She does say it in the beginning, but she is called Jeff throughout the movie. Yeah. So. All right. Uh, she's staying in the Philippines. So far. Perfect. She is given 10 years in prison after being set up by her drug dealer boyfriend, Rudy. Correct. Mm-hmm. Well... He isn't, she wasn't set up. He is a dumb criminal. He doesn't, he's an idiot criminal who tried to stuff drugs in her purse. But he was hoping he told her to take it. Yeah, Yeah. but he was hoping to not get caught, is what I'm saying. I don't think he put it in her purse going, I'm setting you up. I think he thought he was absolutely going to get caught. That's why he was like, here, idiot, hold this. Well, definitely, because he sees the cops come in and then he's like, ooh, I'll hand this to you. But I just, I, I don't that, know if he that's was like the, was that's the definition of setting someone up. Well, I just say it wasn't a premeditated setup. Like he was like, I'm going to take her to the cockfight. Did Letterbox say premeditated? Bird. Reread yeah. that. Did Letterbox yeah. say premeditated? It. They didn't. They didn't. They said okay. it being set up. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm just trying to read the Letterbox synopsis. Okay, guys. Uh, it's not guys. It's Sky and I'm sorry, Matron. Sorry, Matron. <laughs> don't don't take out the stick. <laughs> She, uh, she the stick is the least of your worries. That's true. Yeah. That's true. Yep. The stick, and by that, I do mean a sugar cane, also an <laughs> erection. <laughs> she endures the harsh conditions, sadistic head matron, and attempts on her life, which I would argue she's mostly unaware of. Yeah. Then convinces her cellmates to try to escape with her through the jungle, in spite of the knowledge that ruthless trackers will be sent out after them. Mm-hmm. For the most part, and, pretty yeah. pretty dead on. Yeah. And you know how you know that they're ruthless because they're wearing denim vests with mm-hmm. no shirt under them. In yeah. that heat, yeah. In that heat, yeah. Mm-hmm. I, but mm-hmm. not unbuttoned mm-hmm. denim mm-hmm. vests, mm-hmm. yeah. That means you mean business. Mm-hmm. You it means you're committed to ruthlessness. I'm you, gonna run. Correct. I'm gonna run you down. In this, uh, so like I said, we've we've already talked about uh, the Big Doll House. Mm-hmm. In fact, I re-listened to that episode Aww. today. That episode sponsored by Puss Packs. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that one. And uh, Mark, does that hold up? Does that episode hold up? <laughs> it does. It does Good. really. And Mark, you said on that episode that the movie Big Doll House. Was not a women in prisons movie. In fact, you argued with that with me on that point, but rather a women at a summer camp movie. So, right. does women in cages now rate to you as a women in prison movie? Well, it, yes, this is a women in prison movie, but not a women in cages movie. 
That's the beef I've got with this one. There are no fucking cages in this movie. Arguably, the cages were used in the big dollhouse. Right. I expected to see cages. And they're not in this movie. Mark there are is prisons. very literal. He takes... <laughs> <laughs> He's very literal with things. They don't say, "Hey, buddy, you're going to you're going to cages." <laughs> they say you're going to jail, because right. there's a difference. There's a cage, which is like what you put a bird in, and then there's a prison. I would, I would cell. argue that it's you know not to skip to the end, but these women are caught in some some metaphorical cages as well. Maybe that. Oh, they're was... they're trapped in emotional cages and physical cages <laughs> for sure. Yeah, but not yeah. in cages. Not in cages. I mean... The hole is a cage, though. It's not. It's a hole. There's. It's not a cage. It's not suspended in the air. It's a cage. It's not surrounded by bars. It is a cave. It is a hole. There's no cages in this movie. They'd already used the cages. <sighs> maybe they were. Maybe they were naming this movie, thinking of the other movie. <laughs> they were like uh, thinking of Big Dollhouse, and then they said women in cages. The only cage that I saw is the tabernacle where they put the body of Christ after they go to mass, and that has nothing to do with this movie. That's not women. That is right. the body of Christ in a cage. That, if you had named the movie "Body of Christ in a Cage," I would have still been <laughs> a little women, bit perplexed. That one didn't at the track subject. really high with the high school kids when when yeah, Roger were, took it. I for would a... have questioned where this where the movie was going for. <laughs> But I would have found it to be more believable from a pure, the title of the movie is this, therefore the movie has this This is the worst number crunch you've ever done. You crunched zero cages. (laughs) Women in a prison where Jesus Christ is in a cage in a chapel. Coming to theater. A chapel that's in a jail cell. Yeah. Why do they have the chapel in a jail cell? All the real estate went to Alabama's room. That, yeah. that, that <laughs> she had to take over a couple yeah. areas. So she she probably moved into the chapel and just said, take my cell and turn it into the chapel. Yeah. By the way, as we've already talked about this, I really felt like this, uh, as we've all said, this sort of reshuffles the big dollhouse deck, but <laughs> adds a couple new twists, such as the Zulu queen. Which is a floating brothel, Mm -hmm. which surprisingly ends up being a thing in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) It starts off the movie. It does. And then you forget all about it. And then it comes floating back into your mind at the end. And you're like, oh, right. That's a thing that we started with. Right. And it's perhaps the most unique element to this movie uh, in terms of a women, the women in prison subgenre, like it, that it has this sort of floating. I'm not sure that they completely explore the idea 100%, but it's unique, I guess, right? It could have been so neat. It could have been like Moulin Rouge at sea, but it wasn't. It was like one small room with a lady dancing in the corner and a bar and then creepy like shower curtained off stalls. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was just gross. The Zulu Queen is gross. I felt like the Zulu Zulu Queen, like that, particularly that room where they're having the prostitutes meet up with the men. That felt like they were taking over crew corners and they were keeping the upper decks for like actual passengers. Like all that was happening like down below right. deck. Like it just but felt like so deck, much of that giant boat wasn't yeah, being used. Yeah, was just like, you know, they're on the Lido deck just like, you know. It was upsetting. Like doing where was karaoke? the buffet? Where was the buffet? <laughs> right. You know? I know. Where's, where's the, the bingo? Right. Where's the bingo? Is just... there 
a pool? Is there a jacuzzi we can get yeah. into? When you when you do meet uh, the the prostitute of your dreams, do is it a cash <laughs> business or do you have to have a prepaid card for that? Yeah, yeah. Do you, nope. sw- do you just swipe the card for that mm-hmm. one? You swipe the card. So you buy that package before you get on. Yeah, the at, ship. The, at the end of the cruise, you take a look at that bill and you're like, "Oh God, I slept with so many prostitutes. It's more than I remember. This is more than I remember." But the card doesn't lie. Oh, this bill. Also, I feel like were they prostitutes though? Because I'm pretty sure prostitutes get paid, and the Zulu queen seemed like everybody was doing this for free. I mean, I'm not the accountant of true, the Zulu queen. True. I don't process payroll on the Zulu queen anymore. So I don't know what the financials are, but it Correct. pretty much seemed like everybody on there was on there against their will. Well, I would say that the customers are paying for the service. Whether the women are receiving yeah. money, that's the cage that they're in. Yeah, there you yeah, go, Mark. There's there it a is. cage. There's one. Yeah. You're saying the Zulu queen is the cage yep. of this yeah. movie? That's it. That's yes. the cage. I, you know, there's the- not a... We've lived a in a, on a cruise ship, and it definitely felt like a cage. It's 100% a cage. 100% a cage sometimes. The sea is the cage. The sea is the bar. Of course, we live in a big cage every day, Mark. Society. <laughs> now, <laughs> just open up your mind, Mark. Yeah, come on, to Mark. What a cage can be. Yeah. Now, if that, if what you just said was in this movie, it'd make it. 25% more entertaining. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, I do think w- the thing about the Zulu Queen is that it is a very interesting element. And then we get, a, a, we literally see it in the very beginning. We w- completely move away from it. Mm-hmm. And then we get a little bit of it, again, another taste of it at the end. And it's like, that that actually had more, that would have been interesting. But yeah. what we wanted to deal with or what probably Corman and company wanted to deal with was focusing on the women and the prison stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, in right. fact, when we, we, we do do the setup, as Mark said, we start out at a cockfight and of course <gasps> made me think, of course, Roger Corman thought making cockfighter was a good idea because he's had cockfighting in so many of his movies. He had to have been like, yeah, I'm cockfighting. What's the big deal with that? And so at the cockfight, we meet Jeff. This is played by Jennifer Gann, who had appeared mm-hmm. in the Corman produced Naked Angels and plays a perfect naive idiot, if albeit an annoying one. But mm-hmm. she's there with her boyfriend, Rudy, who's played by Charlie DeVal, who had a long career in the Philippines. And he would show up with in any American production that would show up there, like the 1978 Fred Williamson movie Blind Rage. Uh, famous last words start this movie from Jeff. You know, I still don't know what you do. That's a red flag. <laughs> That's a red flag, mm-hmm. Jeff. That's a big oh, red flag. Jeff. And at this point in the movie, I'm actually enjoying it because they're they're swapping out purses. There's a little bit of a yeah. James Bond. Oh, what's sure. happening here? What's going on? Yeah. Exchanging one package for another package. I'm thinking, okay, mm-hmm. we're getting into, there's a little bit of a, a, a spy element to this movie. Mm-hmm. And that quickly disappears. Yeah. Uh, we quickly cool. learn yeah. that Rudy is a terrible criminal. Uh, Jeff mm-hmm. gets gets trapped with the heroin and in Jeff, her purse. Jeff is a great, cr- horrible criminal accomplice. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And yeah. she gets thrown in prison for 10 years hard labor. And that's the first five minutes <laughs> of this movie. Because you gotta, you got to hand it to Corman. He's like, yeah, 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 women in prison. Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up, hurry up. Right. Yep. Um, yeah. So by minute six, 
we have Jeff walking into the prison. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And getting yelled at by the matron, uh, Pam Greer. But the rules of the prison were odd to me. Like, why is an American in charge? Is That's never explained, right? No. I don't understand that. Also, is it is it commonplace when you go to prison that you've already got lice and have to be de-liced? <laughs> is that normal? Is that... I've, I haven't been to prison, so I apologize. Right. Listeners... Right. Please let me know. I don't know. Is that a, is we, that a we thing? We exclusively broadcast to prisons. <laughs> I thought that that's is, why we're those doing are the this. only people that listen to us. Yeah, listen to me. So I'm glad. Yeah, so exactly. They, they that's will why know. I'm asking. They will know. I Thank don't you. know either. That feels like a very like movie specific movie cliche thing of like going to prison. You're getting this powder on you that's gonna clear mm-hmm. up whatever. Also, Everything I don't think that nice works. And, yeah. No, how could it? it but it, it, it makes me think focused entirely on your hair. Yeah. But lice must be a problem, though, right? <laughs> like in prisons, like clearly they're like, let's try to nip this in the bud as you guys yeah. come in. Yeah. God damn it. I don't need another outbreak. I don't need an outbreak this week. Yeah. This week sucks. Mm-hmm. Because this week is the matron's five-year anniversary of coming to the Philippines. And I'm like, where's that story? That's the thing. This movie had several stories that I was more interested in. Mm -hmm. The Zulu Queen. That's curious. Mm -hmm. A floating brothel. How does this work? Mm -hmm. I'm an American, and I'm living in the Philippines, and I run a prison? How did that ever present Mm -hmm. itself? Yeah. That's curious. I'm curious how that worked out. And she's somehow providing, she's she's generating a stream of revenue for the ambassador. Mm-hmm. With what exactly? I believe, I believe what we don't really see is I believe they supply the Zulu Queen with women. And but I, what doesn't tell you that no, is that the it, movie, that... because the movie never shows you them <laughs> selling. Because you do see, like at the very tail end of the movie. Roberta Collins says, like, I want $500 for these two women. Right. And then yes. and he's like, no problem. So I believe that they they eventually sell these women to the Zulu queen. But the only thing that doesn't back me up on that is the film itself, which <laughs> never does this scenario. But, right. Right. but that is a really good idea. <laughs> but, but I think that that's what's happening. Because otherwise, what is the revenue stream? Sugarcane fields, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Because I their commitment to the sugarcane fields yeah. is suspect. Their commitment to they're not very was good. Not strong. They're not yeah. good at that. That's yeah. not something that they're and they're doing not a creating good job any with. crafts or there's no there's no industry that's being done at the right. prison. So yeah. it is only laundry that has put Pam Greer in charge, an American in charge mm-hmm. of this prison. You must. You have to think that Pam Greer was arrested and somehow worked up the ranks to to be in this role. I have no idea. I mean, I yeah. don't, unless they have like an import, maybe there's an exchange program where they send one Philippine prison guard to the United States, and like you do six months on either right, side, right. just and to it just like turn into five years. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, you just keep reapplying, but it's, that it's old like prison guard exchange program oh, that's so God. infamous. Right, right. It's just like when you take a Damn semester it, I abroad. Didn't get in again this year. Oh well. Oh, no, I really best. want to work in a prison in another country. Oh, I want to see what's different about Matron. Chill, you got this. <laughs> Maybe they also work in cleaning people's clothes. This, this this is just feeding into like a laundromat business. No, maybe. You know? Yeah, maybe. yeah, maybe that. Now yeah. that tracks. 
That's something I can get behind. Is that what happens when I just I take my shirts to the laundromat and I'm like, I don't need to dry clean these. I just need these washed. They're like, no problem. Some prisoners will just dump this in a bucket, and mash it around, and talk Not about even their a day. Bucket. Like yeah. a bowl, like a salad <laughs> a bowl. bowl. Yeah. <laughs> a very a giant salad bowl. Yeah. Just a giant salad bowl. <laughs> Shit, I I am getting ripped off. I am getting, <laughs> I don't There's need to also do this. A I can very do that myself. high soap to water ratio. They were very soapy. <laughs> very soapy. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking it's gonna take forever to get the soap out of that garment. Oh god. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. Beware so Beware where you take your clothes for dry cleaning or just laundering. Yeah. If they if you find a launderer that's gonna launder your shirt for a buck, just know where it's going. And they have to do a high soap ratio just to try to discourage the lice. <laughs> right. <laughs> but not get rid lice. of them. Just yeah, no. discourage just them. Discourage them. Discourage them. Yeah, the lice, it, the lice this... don't leave. They're just slightly yeah. annoyed. This prison is littered <laughs> with lice. It, they are in every corner. One could argue that when you look at this prison, if it had a severe lice problem, that's the least of its worries. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Right. It's true. Jeff does get to meet her cellmate. Uh, first off, she meets Teresa. She's played by Filipino actress Sophia Moran, who was in tons of movies. In fact, from, from the time she started, she did something like 50 movies in the Philippines. Oh, wow. One of which she would, she would go on to play Catwoman. In the Filipino production of Batwoman and Robin in 1972. Oh, wow. Which they did three of. They did three Batwoman mm. and Robin movies. This is the first one. But she would retire a few years after this, at least mm. in terms of making movies. Judith Brown, uh, a holdover, obviously, from uh, Big Doll House. She mm-hmm. plays the husband-killing, cat-fighting Sandy, who would appear in Slaughter later in Slaughter's Big Rip-Off, Willie Dynamite, Toxic Zombies, uh, but would not appear in another New World film as her career sort of tapered off in the mid-'80s. Mm. Okay. Roberta Collins, uh, who plays the heroin-addicted Stoke, was in a ton of New World movies. In fact, we've already talked about her uh, in uh, Death Race 2000, where she played Matilda mm-hmm. the Hun. She also was in Sweet Kill, playing Eddie's right, favorite right, right, right. prostitute. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one that would dress up like his mom. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. And uh, then eventually uh, spits on. Yeah. And she doesn't die. She escapes hmm. with her life. We, <laughs> we didn't talk yeah. about that in that episode. No, we didn't. Let's, Let's talk so, about it now. This is a great time. <laughs> this is a good time. This is the best time. We need to wrap up all the loose ends that we had in Sweet Kill in this yeah. episode. Yeah. That's what people are expecting. <laughs> um, Collins was also in Cage Heat and Eaten Alive. And so we, we will see here in other New World movies. Then we also get to see Alabama's Quarters, which, as I mentioned, are is huge. And it's marked by an elegant metal symbol and it's giallo lighting. Mm-hmm. It's a lovely location. And I wonder, do... Other matrons get rooms that big or at least uh, rooms that are at least lit uh, that fancily. Oh, I don't know. I thought it was lit like a 1980s Pizza Hut myself. So I don't know. That's some, giallo style. Some, see, giallo. some see giallo. I saw a personal pan pizza because I read enough books. So, you know, <laughs> that's just me. And nothing underneath. They go to a Wendy's. So I'm with you. Like it could be. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is why you have the exchange program, Ryan, so you can answer those questions. Yeah, that's right. I want to see what other matrons' rooms are like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do the walking tour. 
Excuse me, Mr. Dignitary. <laughs> Imagine all the tour? dignitaries I'll meet in other countries. New dignitaries <laughs> I wouldn't meet in this country. <laughs> and then, of course, we have to talk about the playpen because we get introduced to the playpen, which is ironically named, as it turns out. Mm-hmm. I mean, sure, you get your own pair of boots, and that's fun. But the, <laughs> the only I thing... Know, I felt like they were shared boots. <laughs> yeah. There yeah. was yeah. literally one yeah. pair of boots that everybody yeah. shared. There was oh. one pair of boots, there was one fire torch. The athlete's foot in that prison. Mm. Because they don't have any shoes on. It's everywhere. Yeah. Yeah, on top that's of That's what they should have targeted with that yeah. powder, was athlete's foot. <laughs> And the only thing the Wheel of Fun gets you is fire crotch. That's I not know. a good time. God. I went to the Torture Museum in Siena, Italy. Oh. And- oh. Oh. Huh. Huh. This is on the, for, on the exchange program, I guess. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I was with my, ten, my daughter who was 10 at the time. It seemed like a better idea when we walked in than when you start to actually go and see all the different torture devices. Sure, sure. Many of which had my daughter asking a lot of questions that I wasn't exactly planning to answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> like the one that Were was... you taking a figure it out approach or you, <laughs> yeah. should, you should get the audio tour or... <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, like, like the spice Did you just that play you... dumb? Did you play like Jeff? I, go, I don't get it. I don't know. Rudy don't know. knows. Rudy will know. tell you. <laughs> yes, and she has. My daughter kept asking, "Who is Rudy exactly?" Rudy's but gonna po- come get us when we're done. <laughs> <laughs> but but my point in bringing that up is, I didn't see any of the torture devices in this movie in oh. that museum. Hmm. Now, I'm not saying that the torture devices were made up. I'm just saying I didn't see them at a museum dedicated to torture devices throughout history so italy didn't get italy didn't get the wheel of fun not the wheel of fun or the uh the shared booties into fire crotch yeah that that was that wasn't that wasn't there either you only get that in the philippines yeah yeah i guess so i went to the yes i guess you know i'm sorry this is my fault i'm projecting italy's torture techniques what you're telling us is the italy torture museum tour sucks yeah sounds boring (laughs) (laughs) well i wasn't exactly saying that but sure i mean we can you can take it that way if you'd like she does have a lot of room for torture devices i'll give her that there's a lot of space yeah and again this is another element where it's like it's the same as big dollhouse like the torturing it's just now instead of i mean now pound greer is the one doing it instead of you know someone else but that was also a part of big dollhouse but it was right more weird and kind of fun somehow in that one and this one is just kind of kind of rough and sad yeah it just felt uninspired to me i just feel like anybody can have the spinning wheel and anybody can have like (laughs) electrocution but you know what you're gonna sit through my fucking childhood albums how about that Mm, you're gonna sit down and just look at all my school photos Mm -hmm. you're gonna sit here on a zoom meeting for the next four hours that's the real torture (laughs) you know like i got some real Mm -hmm. torture if you want to go through it you know what you can't watch... look at your phone on that Zoom. Yeah. You cannot look at your phone during this? the Zoom. <laughs> For the next four hours, you're going to watch school performances of different holiday mm. songs, and none of the kids mm. are yours, oh. but you've got to listen to oh, all right. of them. Because you, and oh. you have to record it. Yeah. 
for the other mm-hmm. parents, so you yeah. can't look away. Yeah, yeah, that's and some torture. On, and it's on a handy cam, and you've got a pocket full of batteries, mm-hmm. so you got to be you got to mm-hmm. be Johnny on the spot mm-hmm. when that battery mm-hmm. dies. Yeah, so, yep. Yeah, how about that? Refilling that clip like is a John like like a John Woo movie on that camera. <laughs> 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 yeah just putting putting the putting the batteries in front of you as soon as the handy cam <laughs> pop out the back right. slam it down yep. on that <laughs> slam it down. exactly but no tripod you your hands your arm's a tripod your arm's a tripod your arm is yeah. the tripod. it's gonna yeah. cramp it will cramp yeah. and that's the torture yeah tough shit yeah, that's, so that's far, it. I guess what we're saying is torture museums, bring it, because we are bored yeah. by you. Honestly, I could probably use a spin on that thing. Maybe it'll reverse my vertigo. You know yeah. what? Put those boots on me. Light my, crotch on, think- light my crotch on fire. I could use a trim. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. let's go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Electrocute me. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I'm so dead inside. I'm not even going to feel it. Electrocute. When I did see your electrocute, I was like, oh, that's like when my back goes out yeah. and I got to put those little pads on and use a little electric yeah. simulation. I probably was like, I'm gonna between be the, the wheel yeah. and the electrocution, my spine would probably feel amazing. You'd be skipping out of that place like, yeah. fuck yeah, let's Woo! go fucking plant some sugar cane. <laughs> Shit, yeah. Let me just drop some old sugar cane just randomly on a field. Hey, pass me that bowl. I'm doing everybody's laundry tonight. <laughs> Woo! Let's go. Hand me that salad bowl. I'm gonna throw in some laundry, do some shirts. Let's go. Oh boy. Um, speaking of poor sugar cane planting, um, the idea to escape uh, comes to Jeff when two prisoners attack a guard and run off into the jungle. Plan doesn't come together, however, until those prisoners are returned dead. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jeff realizes mm-hmm. they can take advantage of Juana, the religious prison guard who lets them into the chapel to light a candle and they knock her out with a candle holder. So the storyline where Juana hides in Alabama's room to observe her tryst with the prisoner du jour mm-hmm. is going to have to stay in that chapel. And that was disappointing because I was mm-hmm. like, when we're not going to follow that thread. That nope. thread's just dead, huh? No. Nope. No mm. need. No mm. need. Nope. I mean, this movie has a lot of threads that that just go yeah. nowhere. Yeah. There's, this this is, is a very complex maze of mm-hmm. dead end plot. This points. is a real old yeah. sweater, and it has it. It's got it's got stories, but it's not telling them. Yeah. It's not telling them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it's telling some of them, some but of not it, all of it. Yeah, it yeah, it hints fair. at some that's of them. Fair. Right. It says a couple of them. Let's get into it. Once they get into their escape, there's a lot of upsetting things that happen. <laughs> <laughs> But the thing that's just most upsetting to me is that Jeff is still like, Rudy, you saved me. I'm like, oh, my Lord, Jeff, give me a break. After she realizes that Rudy has been dating the other woman whose name is escaping me, she's Uh, still excited. Well, she she worked... She still worked for him, is what happened, because she worked for him. But they knew each other, and and she doesn't, she's like, wait a minute, but still. Still, still hopes are high. Not putting, she can turn this around. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. still thinking Rudy's a good dude, mm-hmm. and right. it is upsetting. It's yeah. upsetting. There's yeah. lots of other upsetting stuff too. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, yes. There are many. Most mm-hmm. of this movie is very upsetting. Yeah. And what mm-hmm. happens uh, when those guys they search for prisoners and they don't have to bring them back alive? Mm-hmm. 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 or at the very least they don't have to bring them back immediately right not immediately and not alive and yeah. they say like they can bring you back dead or alive but it feels like they're really leaning on dead yeah yeah <laughs> they're like yeah. we we could bring some of you back alive but we won't 
Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, mm-hmm. which right. is like, do you need to hire? I mean, do you? I don't know. Just it's uh, it, there's a lot of upsetting things that happen. I mean, they're not going to tell them that they're not going to bring it back alive because then they're going to it's going to be even harder for them to all take advantage of the situation. If you under if you catch my drift. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, there are some of the hardest working third party contractors I have ever seen. <laughs> yeah. I don't know anybody that has that loose of a contract (laughs) and sticks to it that closely. I mean, 10 out of 10, they bring them back every time. Efficient. Efficient. That's fucking efficient. And you don't let go of contractors like that. Mm -mm. You can't get that kind of commitment anymore. No. You know? Whatever they're getting paid, and there is a lot of them. And there's a lot of them, but there's there's only a couple of them that are really working really hard, but they keep everyone motivated. Mm Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. They only get 50 bucks a body. They definitely don't have sugar cane in their pants. <laughs> but they, but they, they, they do have boners in their pants. <laughs> and uh, it's not good. It's not good. It's not a good situation. It, it, it would be better if they had sugar cane. It would, I would prefer pants. sugar cane. Yes. Mm-hmm. I would prefer sugar cane. I don't know. They were so right. amped. Are you sure it wasn't sugar cane? <laughs> I mean, again, it's very upsetting. And I, I would say, What's also upsetting is, I mean, look, number one, you shouldn't do heroin, but two, don't do it while you're half in a river, you know? Also. Yeah. Oh like, my yeah. God. I mean, but when the moment's right. The time, maybe Her wait timing. for another. Her timing. Yeah. I understand it's an addiction and it t- and it's the leader and you're not anymore, but, uh, but you know, this isn't the time. That's not the time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. you know, that's. Uh, Again, like another said, thread that doesn't. That just happens and doesn't really matter. I don't. We just right. Also, at the very end or near the very end, Teresa. Yeah, Teresa. Yeah. At the very end, after all the hardship that's happened between the two, Teresa then finds herself in a position of saying, "Nah, I'm sorry. Didn't really mean to torture you. I actually do love you and want to be with you." Now yeah. that we've tied you to a tree in the middle yeah. of the jungle. I'm sorry. My mistake. I shouldn't have tied you to this tree and whipped you mm-hmm. with a branch. That's yeah. on me. Yeah. That's on me. I'm hoping we can talk now. Yeah. And I'd like to go back to the way it was. Yeah. Is it works for Eric and I. There? That works for Eric and I. That That is. Yeah. It, it always, <laughs> you know, whether I'm being tied to the tree or Erica, whoever's, you know, and a little whipping from a, from a tree branch and, you know, all's forgiven. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I, this is a new. Nothing weird this about this new... combo. <laughs> Perfectly normal combo for two brothers to have in front of one brother's sister-in-law. And so yes. Just totally uh, chill goes. combo. Sit, chill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, okay. So you didn't find that scene weird while I did, is what I understand. No, Mark, this whole movie this is whole weird. This whole movie is fucking stupid. Stupid and weird. It's very so I was weird. Like, of course, she's going back to be the like, only... I should untie you. I love you. Let's go. Like the only oh, thing that's God. the only person who didn't find that scene weird is Jeff, who was just like, oh, <laughs> let's guys, wait for her. You like, guys love her. She let's wait for her. She loves her. Yeah. Like yeah, because soon after that, who... Jeff and team are what mile or two away and mm-hmm. suddenly Jeff's like let's wait for her mm-hmm. yeah I, I think you should have made that call an hour or two beforehand right do you think she's suddenly just going to show up yeah Jeff is boy the worst the worst protagonist we maybe have ever had yeah. in one of these movies <laughs> also is is that her hair 
I don't What know. is happening with I wondered that the entire no, I, me time. Too. I think what happened is and I've because I've gone back and watched this a few times, I think she may have had to have that a wig on purely for those like the scene where she's getting thrown in jail and the scene where she reunites on the boat with Rudy. That's where it seems like a wig. Mm. Did she cut her hair for something else and have to reshoot? I don't know. Cause they're only in the Philippines. They couldn't have gone somewhere else. It, it all, it looks like she's got, it looks like she has extensions. Yeah. 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 And then when she's in the prison and she's de-liced or temporarily de-liced, let's be honest. Loused. Like, just de-loused. I guess. Are you? Oh, <laughs> look at you. The louse. The everyone. Watch out for the swarm. There's a swarm. <laughs> you know our, what? I'm our tired. son said it, by the way, and she's t- <laughs> she said it right. And she still went, oh, swarm. <laughs> Deloused. Deloused. Rid a person or animal of lice or other parasitic Deloused. insects. Well done, honey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Look, yeah. Deloused. Shit, yeah. Gotta okay. keep you guessing. That's right. Woo! So it keeps this mar- That's what keeps Swarm, this- but deloused. Deloused. Hey. Deloused. <laughs> yeah! There it is. Love it. Sean. Perfect segue for... <laughs> Things we loved and things we hated. Yes, we're going to talk about the things we loved and the things we hated about Women in Cages. Mark, what's something you loved? Um, I loved, loved that penciled-in cleft chin on Captain Acosta. Loved that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is not a cleft that. chin. No, nope. it was. Mm. That well, line make was it pronounced. One. <laughs> like, mm. was that a call that he made? Mm-hmm. Would, did they think that was going to really help the character? I don't know. People kept calling him the John Travolta of the Philippines, and he was like, <laughs> "Let's make it happen, Captain." <laughs> yeah, I loved it. <laughs> loved it. <laughs> My God. <laughs> Erica, what's something you loved? I'm struggling Uh with things that Uh I loved. Ooh, am I struggling? (sighs) I I really struggled with with something that I loved. Um, I didn't love this, but I guess it's as close to love as you can come. Was uh, Mm -hmm. the whole window snake? Okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. Because I thought, okay, you know, we we touched on this earlier. Where the first six minutes of this movie, you're like, okay, all right, shit is happening, and then it's like, scream. So then I thought with Window Snake, it was at least interesting because for a second I thought, did that snake just come into the window on its own? Or did somebody kind of feed it into the window? Mm, Probably a dignitary. Yeah, perhaps a dignitary (laughs) just had a a poisonous snake in his pocket Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. to have. I'll just set this here. I'll come back for it. I need to take this poisonous snake out of my pocket so I can stuff it with sugar canes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was at least interesting. Yeah. something was sure. finally in sure. you know was happening and i thought it was then also kind of hilarious that the prisoner who's going through withdrawal <laughs> withdrawal Stoke. Yeah. Drawl, withdrawal oh god oh, Delouse. oh no Delouse Delouse. Was your win that Delouse was your win withdrawal 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 With- no you're saying withdraw withdrawal 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 <laughs> <laughs> She's going through with <laughs> droll. <Withdrawal. laughs> 
withdrawal <laughs> of drugs. So, but she's still together enough to be like, I'm going to break this piece of wood off my bed and like lead the snake in. Sure, sure, sure. So I at least thought that was interesting. I would agree with that because that's the part that I loved with this movie was that whole runner of Stoke attempting to kill Jeff. Yeah. She tries to poison her. Uh-huh. She uses snakes. She pushes Jeff into a knife. And it only cuts her Mm -hmm. shirt. She rolls a heavy barrel at her. She throws acid at her while she's in (laughs) a hole. Where does she get the acid? Where does she? She just has a thing. She suddenly has a container of acid. Yeah. And nothing works. Jeff is indestructible. Mm -hmm. You could even say that Stokes' last attempt is bringing Jeff to work as a prostitute on the Zula Queen. But she even gets out of that. Yeah. You can't kill Jeff. Good try, Stoke. You can't do it. Yep. She does literally everything possible to kill Jeff and mm-hmm. cannot. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, I this movie does not have a lot of levity in it at all, as we said. But that tickled me every time she attempted to kill her and would just sort of like, she pushes the barrel and then sort of ducks down like, oh, like in another movie with a different tone, like you would have, she would have had like a much more of like a like kind Mm -hmm. of thing going on. I kind of thought that was great. I mean, I'm I'm a I'm less uh, angry about this movie than the two of you, but it's definitely not a fun movie. But that part to me. That runner to me That's amused the me every thing. time. That's exactly it, it, you hit the snake on the head with a piece of your bed. It's just not. <laughs> well, actually, with the trash can. If you oh, that's right, the, the trash, trash can. can. Yeah, yeah, right. trash can. Yeah, I, hit, with the trash I hit, can. I hit, I hit the snake with the trash can on yeah. the head. Yeah, it's not fun. Yeah, it's, it's not, not fun. a fun movie for as many upsetting, uncomfortable, dark scenes as there are. It's not offset by showers and boobs and <laughs> buns. It's not. Yeah, it's not. There fun are enough. boobs there and are buns. Those things, there are boobs and buns. Yeah, but the balance isn't there, right. so it ends up just right. feeling very sad and dark and uncomfortable. Oh, Erica. This feels like you're segueing into things we hated. Mark, what's something that you hated? <laughs> so something I hated is one scene, and there are a couple things I hated about it. It's a scene when they they take they take Alabama hostage. Um yeah, and sure. pull her into the pit. There's sure. a couple things that drive me nuts. One, they knock her out, and then they slowly carry her into the pit. Why don't you just throw her ass down there? Why do you have to like lower her in gently? Mm-hmm. throw her ass down the bottom of the pit and you wouldn't be able to just gingerly hold her as she lowers down into the pit she'd be she it would be dead weight so they'd be really struggling with this mm-hmm. okay that's issue number one issue number two is when they're finally getting into the pit stoke sees that the gun that alabama had is sitting mm-hmm. outside of the pit so she wisely thinks "Ooh, that's a bigger gun we need that but she has like a 38 special in her hand yeah, and she throws yeah. it to the side. Uh, yeah. Why not keep both guns? Worthless. worthless. Why? <laughs> it's, not it's not worthless. It's not, you don't keep need it. Both. Yeah. You don't need keep it. Both. Why it's not? a shit gun in comparison. You keep the best gun. Everyone knows this. That's just a rule. Just keep yeah. the best gun. Toss the other one away like garbage. <laughs> yeah. This isn't this isn't like a video game where it's like, well, it's like Halo. I can only yeah. hold one gun at a time. Yeah. It's like, it well, is I don't what want it is. that. That's a stupid alien gun. I hate that one. 
I don't need the needler. Yeah. I, I need yeah. the better. I don't gun. need the needler. It takes forever. They have to go and then they have to explode on the guy. I don't need this thing. It takes too long. <laughs> and then they never really resolve how they broke all the bars off the entrance into the into the sewer system. I have to think it's with that giant candlestick that they bring down there because <laughs> because yeah. the candlestick disappears as soon as they bring it into the hole. They never they don't take it with them. And I'm like, she's taking a gun. I'm taking any weapon available to me. And that happens to be the candlestick. It's all we brought into this hole, so I'm taking this thing with me just in case Stoke is goes out of control. So I got something. But we to never fight see with. how did she breaks off one. Okay, I get that. But you're going to break off all these bars. They're all that loosely tied in or loosely cemented in to this hole. I doubt that very much. And finally, why do they have to take a hostage at all? Why don't they just beat Alabama over the head, call it a day, and move on? She's just going to slow you down because she's all groggy from being knocked out. Mm-hmm. So you th- that's not going to help your 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 exit strategy. Just leave her. Well, I would say that they thought she was going to be a bargaining ship. But as it turns out, they aren't worried. The prison isn't concerned with Alabama's return. Let's just say it that way. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. They're concerned about laundry. They're concerned... Mm-hmm. They're concerned about lice. Mm-hmm. Right. They're concerned about sugarcane, certainly. Mm-hmm. Well, not I would Alabama. argue that they're not concerned about sugarcane the way that they're just <laughs> tossing sugarcane around the way they are. Yeah, I don't know how sugarcane is planted, but I'm pretty sure you just don't throw it willy-nilly on some mud and walk away. <laughs> <laughs> they were tossing it around like it didn't matter. You do have to, I did look this up. You do dig a trench and then you put it into the trench, but you do have to put it specifically in the trench and they're just like dropping them willy nilly. They also have to be oh, yeah. wet already because water is very a big dry. part of it and it was dry as hell. So they were just like throwing them around. It it was, uh, it was very, this, this movie is a sugarcane farmer's nightmare. <laughs> 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 it's something I hated. I'll say this, uh, and I've kind of hinted at this. My big problem is that I just don't know who I'm supposed to root for. Yeah, I'm supposed to maybe root for the group, and maybe in the end, that's what they're going for, the ensemble. Um, big Dollhouse, the same thing. You're sort of rooting for the group, I guess. But I just, I guess the protagonist I we get is Jeff, and she's the worst. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. no thank you. Um, and it's not like she's a bad person. Like when we had, I had problems with like when we watched Sweet Kill, um, which we should wrap up all those threads too in a second. Yeah. Where your protagonist <laughs> is the villain, right? That's always hard because you're like, why am I rooting for this horrible person? Right. Um, but if, you know, th- there still could be a reason to root for a villain, right? But I just don't know who I'm supposed to root for. Like Jeff is an idiot. Stoke has problems. I'm certainly sympathetic to everybody's issues. I'm actually really even sympathetic to Pam Greer, quite frankly, who has their own sad stories going on. I'm sympathetic, but I don't know who I'm supposed to root for. Like, what am I hoping out of this? I understand exploitation movies, they don't often care about that kind of shit. You're just there to see sort of the, you know, literal titillation and just hopefully enjoy the story a little bit and just like go home and look, you watch something entertaining. But this one felt like because it's not fun, it had something kind of 
It was definitely more of a darker tone mm-hmm. and more nihil- more of a nihilistic movie. Not darker. It was a dark tone. Yeah. It was, yeah. No, it's a dark. It makes those showering scenes not as much fun. Yes. When it's right. just yeah. so miserable all around. Yeah, it's all miserable and you're not supposed to be enjoying it. So I'm like, okay, well then what am I keying in? Who am I keying in on? I guess everyone to an extent, but the characters are not well fleshed out. Not all of them no. or hardly any no. of them. There's Jeff is, I guess, the closest thing we have to a hero. And she has no arc. She's a dum-dum who somehow, though probably the most realistic part of the movie, a dum-dum who just somehow ultimately yeah. avoids having to pay huge tolls. I'm not ta- When she was on the Zoo of the Queen, she certainly had to pay a toll for sure. That's definitely going to mess her up. But like generally speaking, she didn't get killed when she was supposed. She should have died a million yeah. times already. She's she just still a lucky gets idiot. A lucky, the luckiest idiot. And it's upsetting that she's that lucky. And I can't yeah. get, I can't root for her. So who do I root for? And then you, you get to Sandy, who does get away, and you're like, thank, oh good, Sandy got away. But then you think about she was asked, okay, by. Um, Acosta Mm -hmm. to try to convince Jeff to turn on the syndicate, which she does never, which she does no no times. She never bothers to try to convince Jeff to do anything. Because she sees how much Stoke has fucked it up, and she's like, "Listen, I this isn't going to work out well." I see. I'm sure she just saw Jeff Jeff to turn on anything. I can't get Jeff idiot. Yeah, like good (laughs) luck getting her to turn against Rudy, who she thinks is somehow (laughs) a guy she's just dating. Somehow he's perfect. Like I don't know, but I'm like we never even see her try to turn Jeff. She had one job to do. She never even tries. So uh, I don't know. So I I get in the end. This is a tragedy. This is a sad story. In the end, that's what this movie, the way it ends, the very final shot, this is a tragic story. This is a sad, tragic story. But I'm just like, okay, then who was I, what did I want? I mean, I guess there is some happy ending, but it wasn't with a character that I was super invested in because Sandy doesn't really get a ton to do in this movie. Mm -hmm. So things I hated, just give me, give me somebody to root for, even if you're going to have a big, sad, tragic ending. Yeah. Let's go into our favorite. Erica, well, Erica, did you do what you hated? Oh, I hated all of it. So, yeah, we're oh. good. We're good. Oh, okay. <laughs> Do you think that Jeff and Rudy reconciled at the end of this? <laughs> no, because she's taken off of the boat. Well, here's the thing. When and she taken goes, to a cockfight. She is event- when they have the trial and she's there to actually. She's going to be like, Rudy! She's <laughs> and she's me. brought in to testify against the syndicate as the police want her to do. And she comes in, she sees Rudy, she's going to go up and give him a big hug, Rudy! Like, yeah, you know. Yeah. And he's going to still be smoking. I don't know how. <laughs> he's got cuffs on, but he's still smoking. Yeah. Yeah, of course he is. And he's going to be just like, saying, it's okay, if Teresa baby, we'll and Alabama can reconcile under their circumstances, I think there's a chance <laughs> for Jeff and Rudy to make this right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's go into favorite scenes. Mark, what was your favorite scene? It's it's the three or four scenes uh, on the ship when the the like the maitre d opens the door and has the same smile and expression oh, yeah. time yeah. and time mm-hmm. again. He's yeah. wearing like a little Aladdin hat, and mm-hmm. I just thought <laughs> he does. He's wearing the same thing, just the same expression every time. 
I thought that was funny. I actually laughed out loud at like the third yeah. or fourth time that they did it. I don't think it's intentionally meant to be funny. No, but no, no. I no. thought it was funny. No, but he, boy, he really tries. He really tries to He's make it trying. feel like home, doesn't it? Yeah. Erica, what was your favorite scene? Oh, Do God, you have a favorite scene? I knew this was coming. And I knew you were going to ask me this. <laughs> and I was going to really struggle because I don't have any favorite scenes. Oh, pick God. one, pick one, pick one. I guess... Probably my favorite scene would have to be Alabama starts a fight in the lunchroom. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. She uh, just just preys on Teresa's jealousy and starts a little fight there in the lunchroom. Yeah. You would think that would be my favorite scene. Like, you think that would be the reason for it, but it's mm. not. Actually, my fa- my reason that's my favorite scene is because then it cuts to a reaction shot of other women in the prison mm. and there's an older woman just losing her You're right. Mind. You're right. Yes. Laughing. <laughs> She's like clapping. <laughs> She's <Yeah>. like <laughs> And we never see her again. Never see her again. Nope. Yeah. She la- she celebrated a little too hard and that was the end of it. <laughs> That's right. That was it. She she they she ended up in the hole after yeah. that. You like that too much. You like that fight too much but yeah i think that's my favorite scene because for a for a second for a split second you get to see some other prisoners and that and you Mm -hmm. just see that lady losing her mind like laughing her ass off so yeah yeah fair my uh my favorite scene was the fight scene on the zulu queen between acosta and a guy from the syndicate which sounded like a mix of like slap and like punching yeah. one's fist or the worst and just like somebody like tapping the microphone you know oh, God. just like that kick every just, kick was just like, like it was the most underwhelming like sound yeah. effects you've ever i've ever heard in a fight they were they were like they weren't even doing this is too much it was more like yeah like they were so underwhelming as far as sound effects goes it was so bad every time i mean, watched this thing like three times every time we got to that scene i was like oh this is the this is fun because they're doing these kicks and they're doing some good fight choreography but the sound effects are so underwhelming they're so just like it's like yeah this is just find some free sound effects and just fill this with some actual sounds of fighting it you know take some celery and but this record this it. is also after what rudy and jeff like uh, he's trying to convince her to put the stuff in her purse and at least the no, audio this quality. This is the tail end. This is the tail end. Oh, so this is right. when Acosta well, like comes... right at the very beginning. There's a scene where he's explaining what the stuff uh, like. Put this in the purse. It's all going to be fine. But it, the, the sound quality on my Blu-ray was just like. <laughs> oh no! no, no yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, what is happening? The sound there is some bad, is bad sound quality because sometimes they will cut between the live sound they cut at the time. And the cut to somebody that they clearly overdub. Like this yeah. happens uh-huh. in that pool scene. Yeah. When they're playing, yep. I don't know what kind of pool. The, the kind of pool that only that uses three cue balls, no pockets. <laughs> I know I've gone over carom billiards before, but like I even looked that up and I'm like, it's not carom though, because carom has a red ball. I don't know what this style is. It doesn't matter. I don't know billiards enough. But the fact is, is like in that scene, they'll have like a guy talking and then another guy who's like suddenly basically like, yes, actually, we're going to have to do this. <laughs> and then another guy. And then all of a sudden it comes to the other guy who's in the background. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. We should do that. And you're like, wait, what is with the sound? It's just it goes all over the place. Clearly somebody with a boom who's directly over Rudy and not the guy behind him. 
And then another guy, they overdub, and the sound just goes in and yeah. out. There's the sound is there's garbage. a weird switch when they're dropping Alabama in, Mark, to the, that scene yeah. you're talking about, yep. where you can barely hear it. All of a sudden, you hear Jeff's voice loudly like, we're going to take her with us. But like then the sound <laughs> goes back to muted. It's like the sound mix is just crazy. <laughs> it's terrible. It's very, it's very difficult. And, and oftentimes, people's lines are very much peaked. Like when Jeff yes. cries yeah, yeah. into Rudy – you can't understand a word she's saying. Yeah. And really, you're not worried about it. But you can't understand her. Yeah. Lots of issues there. Also, if you could under if you could audibly understand her, you still wouldn't understand her. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. No, you're like, uh, look, I didn't understand any of that, but I'm not wanting it. I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Jeff's talking. Who cares? Yeah. Final questions. These are our final questions for women in cages. Clearly, this was an issue that constituted the sign. But who was parking at the cockpit that wasn't a patron of the cockpit? <laughs> it's a problem. <laughs> it is it's an a issue. Problem. It's a real problem. It's an issue. You yeah. cannot park here. Yeah. Uh, I got to just jump into this market. I just, I'm going to park over in the cockpit patron parking and then I'll just run nope, out. No, you can't. No, can't. Look at the can't. sign. Not Look anymore. We've got a sign, sir. Does the P on the back of their prison uniform stand for prison? <laughs> because yeah, it's confusing the because the name of the prison is Carcel del Infierno. So yeah. what's the P for? Yeah. Prisoner, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Mark? Uh, I mean, anything that starts with P. Uh, yeah. Just pick a word. Um, Pre-loused. Uh, <laughs> Pre-loused. Yeah. Puss in boots. I don't know. Um <laughs> Parkour. Pentagram pentagram um pantomime. Move on. Next question. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> how at the end when they're escaping for the prison, how slow are they walking? Because those guys catch up with them in no time. Uh even Jeff mentions like we got a big head start on them. And saying, like, well, they're right behind you. They're directly behind you. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. They are the best third-party contractors. These are the best vendors the prison has ever, ever signed. They were. They had a, a half a day's head start. Didn't matter. Those guys are right on them. They were definitely the most dedicated workers. The MVPs, yeah. if you will. S sadly. Sadly. I mean, they are, evidently, they don't have any other social life mm -hmm. because they are available mm -hmm. whenever you need yep. them. Yep. At all, they, always, at at all, all times, all yeah. hours. Yeah. Their just, methods are unorthodox. Right. But. They're sitting around just praying for someone to escape yeah. from that prison. They get the job done. Now, I, I would say there is, you could you could make the argument that the prisoners don't know where they're going. So they probably, it's going to take them longer to get where they're going than the third party contractors who know the jungle like the back of their hand. So they would catch up. Logically, they would catch up because they yeah. know the oh, shortcuts. I, yes. And Teresa kind of knows the jungle, but but she... But then she quickly abandons them and well, tries yeah. to make up she, with she, Alabama. She runs afoul yeah. of this group as well. So um, she's no help. Yeah. So yes, you could make that argument. Yeah. What about the syndicate? I think we may have been answered this, but do they go down with something? Do, do they, are they able to take them down? So in, in order to take them down... You need a convincing testimony from Jeff, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. No. no. Yeah. They're stronger no. than ever. No. <laughs> stronger than ever. <laughs> it's not the syndicate in cages. Yeah. It's not right. the syndicate in cages. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. Here's uh, uh, some research here. And, and believe me, I struggled with uh, getting some research for this movie because, as I said, it sort of becomes more of a footnote. It also was like up until uh, I think Shout Factory released it, it was a little hard to see and everything. But this was released at the end of 1971. It's a big year for New, New World Pictures and their second year of producing movies. But in 1970, they actually only put out like two movies. A large part of it was that they were just doing like, you know, drive-ins. So they just put movies out during the summertime when it's a little bit warmer. They start stretching that out further and further, even in 1971. So, they, yeah, in 1970, they only released Student Teachers and Angels Die Hard. So 1971's a big year. And those are both successful. So this is a big year for them. So 1971, they released The Big Dollhouse, a double feature of The Beast of Yellow Night and Creature with the Blue Hand. Velvet Vampire and Scream of the Demon Lover, which we have covered both those. Angels as Hard as They Come, Private Duty Nurses, and of course, Women in Cages. The Women in Prison movies started off after director Jess Franco, Angel of Death fame. Angel of Death, yeah. uh, Found success with 1969's 99 Women, and according to new world story editor francis dole the idea to make their to make this movie came actually from larry woolner who was new world's first sale manager and would eventually leave within after the first year to go start dimension pictures here's what she says in uh volume two of roger corman's new world pictures and oral history quote the but the ideas for the first movie's Made at New World, The Student Nurses and The Big Dollhouse came from Larry Woolner. Because of Larry's background in distribution and ex- exhibition, Roger asked him what kind of movies he thought he could sell. Larry replied, a nurse's picture and a women in prison picture. Roger asked Larry what he meant by a women in prison picture. Larry started making this very expressive gesture as if he were holding up female breasts. He said, you know, these these that was the beginning of the ingredient of some nudity not full frontal but breast nudity that roger always asked for roger added to larry's ideas the films would need to have an action element because roger knew he was targeting a youthful audience who weren't served really by the major studio releases corman was not exactly totally taken with the women in prison genre at first um but as he says in crab monsters teenage cavemen and candy striped nurses he says that quote at first I didn't like The Big Doll House. I thought it had gone a little too far with the sex and the violence. It cost about $100,000 and it grossed something like $4 million. When I saw the grosses, I have to admit, my scruples faded away and I said, let's make another one. <laughs> <laughs> now, to be, <clears throat> to be fair, um, Corman had already made another one because, of course, he made Women in Cages you know, right after he had made mm-hmm. The Big Doll House. And Big Doll House hadn't come out yet. So... But this was kind of a, a, a thing that Corman would do if he would go off to a location. He never was happy with just making one movie. He was always like, let's make a couple movies. And this goes yeah. back to the late 50s when Corman made Ski Troop Attack and Beast from Haunted Cave, I believe, in, I think, South Dakota. And then he follows that up by going to Puerto Rico and making three movies, The Last Women on Earth and Battle of Blood Island and Creature from the Haunted Sea with our pal Chuck Griffith of um, uh, Up From the Depths. Uh, and he did those back-to-back in Puerto Rico to take advantage of the tax incentives. So when it, come to, it came to w- women in cages, it probably it, it cost little to make. They're already in the Philippines. He probably thought, let's just make another one real quick. We'll just do another one. We're there. We've got sets. We know people are in place. And also because I believe, 
and I don't know for sure, but I would believe because this is how he did the big dollhouse. Corman probably only paid for the above the line costs. Um, John Ashley, who executive produced Big Dollhouse, said this in an interview with Trash Compactor. He said, I got approached by Roger Corman to do a picture for New World. He put up the above the line costs, the costs incurred in film production before actual shooting begins, including negotiable components like the story, screenwriter, producer salaries, the producer's expenses and the salaries of the stars and the director. I put up the below the line salaries for the remainder of the cast and the technical crew. All equipment, studio rentals, location rentals, travel expenses, catering, and other day-to-day production and post-production costs. So I can't say for sure that's how we did Women in Cages, but I have to assume. Because when you look at the the people on the crew, it's an entirely, almost entirely Filipino crew. Mm-hmm. Not always the case for uh, Big Dollhouse, who I think even had like an American uh, editor. But all the editing and all that stuff, like everything is, in, is done mm-hmm. in the Philippines. In fact, and I should point out, you know, Ashley didn't produce Women in Cages, but I'm just assuming that this model was the same. In fact, he says this, he continued on and said this is how they would do post-production with Eddie Romero when they were shooting movies in the Philippines. So I imagine this is also how the post-production went down. He said for post-production, it was another four to five weeks, depending on whether we were doing nothing else but the one movie. Normally, we would complete the shooting, then Eddie would do a rough cut and come over here to the United States. Then whoever it was we were doing business with, Roger Corman, Larry Woolner at Dimension, or Larry Gordon when he was at AIP, we would screen the picture for them, get their input, and Eddie would go back to the Philippines to make final changes. At that point, we would decide if we wanted to score the picture in the Philippines, which was unbelievably inexpensive. And I, I am, I, I don't remember who scored Big Dollhouse, but the, Women in Cages is a Filipino um, musician who scores this one. The music the score was not, is all over the place. The, the score is yeah. everywhere, and it's not <laughs> yeah. like yeah, not incredibly memorable. I mean, it's fine, but it doesn't like stand out and feel no. weird. But it also isn't like wow, listen, listen to this music. This is fun. Anyway, nothing's fun about this movie. So that is how I think they kind of made this movie. And of course, it started a chain of Corman making movies in the Philippines. He loved the whole process of making movies there. He would always, you know, continue uh, from here to make movies in Philippines and other countries where he felt like he could get really good production value. And because he knows Eddie Romero, because he knows Sirio Santiago, like, and those guys ran Philippine film mm-hmm. business and they could get all manner of production value. They could get armies to come in with tanks and stuff like that to, to fill in. Um, Beverly Gray talks about that in her book, how much they kind of ran the whole Filipino film business and how they could get all this stuff for next to nothing. Corman loved that. He loved all that. So, uh, so yeah, yeah, that's how he made this. And that is it for the research. And that's it for women in cages. Oh, wow. Wow. That is it. Our first oh, movie. I'm so glad it's over. For Prison March. <laughs> Women in Cages. My sentence is ended. <laughs> some of us are free. Some of us are trapped in the cage that is our proverbial Rudy. <laughs> Whatever that might be for you. Uh, hope you enjoyed this episode. Give us a five-star review if you did. Um, and even if you didn't, give us a five-star re- review. What the hell are you going to gain from giving us a one-star review? You jerk if you did that. <laughs> to the hole with you. <laughs> to, to the hole. You can learn to like get those bars loose, I guess. Mm. <laughs> 
Jeff, how did Jeff get those bars loose? Yeah. She could, there's no, there's way. no way. There's, there's no, no way. way. Mm. Anyway, you can find us and all the information you need for us, the socials, our merch. You can find all that on our website, newworldpicturespodcast.com. That's newworldpicturespodcast.com. Visit us there. You can see all of our content, all of our socials. Buy some of our t-shirts. Come on. you know. Get a t-shirt. Get a t-shirt. Okay? Come on. It was... We will, We promise we will wash it in a salad bowl and then send it to you. Okay? Yeah, come on. But in any case, <laughs> but if that's incentive enough, thank you so much for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy the rest of our Prison March lineup. We got some really good stuff coming up. We hope you enjoy this episode, and we'll see you next time on the New World Pictures Podcast. Bye, everybody.